Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome again to something slightly different from New Scientist Weekly. I'm Timothy Revel. A couple of weeks ago, we held a subscriber event where we reviewed the biggest, best and funniest science and technology stories of 2023. We ran the first half of that last week, and now it's time for the second. We hold events a few times a year for our subscribers, so if that's something that appeals to you, do head over to our website where you can grab yourself a subscription. Our subscribers make everything that we do possible, so a huge thank you to all of them. And if you're not one yet, do please consider becoming a New Scientist subscriber. But even if you're not a subscriber, we are sharing this audio with you as a holiday gift from all of us on the podcast team. This week, we've got the second half of that event with editor Sam Wong, medical reporter Claire Wilson, and space reporter Leah Crane. And we highlight stories that felt like the best good news, also some of the best animal facts, and of course, the all-around biggest story. Plus, a joke I wrote that it is fair to say has had some mixed reactions. There, there, Tim. Stay tuned to learn more about the progress we made on a malaria vaccine, the wonders of hagfish slime, and more amazing news that you may have missed in 2023. All right, let's move on to question three. And this one is to get us all in good spirits. And it's all about the best good news we heard this year, surprising or otherwise, from science and technology. So, Claire, why don't you kick us off? So somebody mentioned in the comments that, you know, that they would nominate the CRISPR gene therapies arriving, mm. which is, a, I agree, is a wonderful piece of good news. But I'm going to choose the advances in malaria because in terms of global health, it really is such a, it takes such a massive toll. I mean, we don't get malaria in the UK, but in you know, in the global south, it really is has a huge impact on people living in certain countries. It kills about half a million people a year, mostly children living in sub-Saharan Africa. So people have been trying to develop vaccines for malaria for decades, and it's just been really, really hard. This parasite has a very complex life cycle, and it's really good at hiding from the immune system. So many, many vaccine candidates have been tried and failed. And then finally, in the past few years, they made real progress. So a few years ago, we had our first malaria vaccine, but this year a second one was approved and it seems like it's going to be more effective. And also it seems like it's going to be very cheap to manufacture. So just a few dollars per vaccine. So for me, that's like the best news story of the medical story of the year for sure. 
Yeah, really amazing news there. I remember reading about that thinking it was just incredible. I spoke with um, a doctor who worked in the DRC at the time, and he was he was almost in tears telling me about how it would change the lives of people in the, vi the village because he worked in a hospital and then often came back to village. And it's not just the deaths. It's also, you know, the children get sick and that just takes their parents' time away. They can't go to work or they can't look after their crops and their livestock. They're just at home looking after their sick children. So it's it's hard to kind of get over the impact that this will have, but they, they often talk about malaria, TB and HIV being the big three infectious diseases that have the biggest global toll. And mm. these vaccines could really contribute to us getting rid of a lot of the impact of malaria. So it's almost like one day and two to go now. Leah, can you top that? No. <laughs> Very hard to follow. Nothing I'm going to say about space or physics is going to top potentially solving malaria. But there was some exciting stuff. There was a little mm. bit of a space race to the yeah. moon. And uh, India's Chandrayaan-3 mission landed at the moon's south pole, which is the first mission to do that. And being able to land at the South Pole is really important because that's where a lot of the water is. So that's where, if we're going to send people, if we're going to do a moon base, that's where you want to go. And it was particularly exciting because very shortly before Chandrayaan-3, Russia had also sent up a lander that crash landed. So it was kind of feeling like a bad omen a little bit there. <laughs> um, yeah. But India's mission landed successfully, operated for a lunar day. And it's a really good step towards the 700 gazillion missions going to the moon <laughs> next year. Yeah. So that India is now the fourth country to reach the moon. Is that right? Yeah. Um, US, China and the Soviet Union and India. Yeah. All right. Christy, what was some good news you heard this year? I feel like I have another technical one, but I will try <laughs> to make it sound less technical. Come on, hit us with <laughs> your technical. Job. All right. Think about all of the like cool technology you've heard of in science fiction, like super fast trains, like ultra like light wearable electronics, super energy efficient appliances of all kinds. A lot of that rests, like a lot of hope for those kinds of technologies rests on this material called graphene. It's a super hard material for us to make, even though it is super cool and promising and people have a lot of hopes for it. It takes about a thousand degrees Celsius to manufacture it in industrial scales. And it turns out that as we've been like on Earth, you know, trying to like figure out how to make this material at like usable scales, the planet did it for us about three billion years ago. Some researchers have found graphene at the bottom of a gold mine in South Africa, and it appears to have been created at temperatures much, much lower, 300 degrees Celsius, which is a lot, would be a lot cooler and easier for us to like access it if we can figure out a way to sort of do that ourselves. So this is a case where it's like nature figured out something hard for us before we even knew we needed it. And maybe we can start getting some cool graphene applications in the works in the near future. That to me felt like very good news. Also, I just think anytime the planet does something that we've been really struggling at, it's funny. So I'm entering this for funniest category uh, <laughs> retroactively as well. All right, Sam, what was your good news of the year? I've actually got another um, a similar story, also the planet doing something that we want to do uh, and maybe making things easier for us. So this year, there's been this big spike in interest in geologic hydrogen. We've known for a long time that there's there's hydrogen gas generated by natural processes underground, but people 
I thought it was, you know, it would leak out too easily or we wouldn't be able to capture it and use it for energy. But towards the end of last year, there was some modeling research that said, actually, there's tens of millions of megatons of hydrogen in stable deposits underground, which is much more than we previously thought. So this year, the, the US government has announced it's putting $20 million into exploring the concept, figuring out, can we tap these resources? Can we maybe even stimulate the processes that produce hydrogen and get more of hydrogen that way? And um, there's still a lot of questions about this. We don't know yet if the, this really is going to be something that we can use. But um, if it is, it would be really transformative and we'd be able to get all this clean fuel. At the moment, we can make hydrogen from methane or we use electricity to split water into hydrogen and oxygen. But if we can just sort of collect it from the ground, that would be much less energy intensive. So, yeah, potentially a really good, good news story there. Yeah, one of our reporters is on a trip at the moment where they are also looking into this. So we should have a good feature on this next year. All right, I think let's move on to the to question number four, which I've really been looking forward to. And it's our penultimate question. And it's all about the majesty of the animal kingdom and the natural yeah. world. So what is something that absolutely blew your mind when you read about it this year to do with Mother Nature? Christy, why don't you kick us off? <laughs> well, as someone who has been what feels like sick for the like last five weeks straight, I picked hagfish slime. Uh, <laughs> hagfish are a eel-like creature that when they are stressed out, they release slime. Mm. And the slime like clogs the gills of whatever yeah. fish is sort of attacking them and maybe kills them, but definitely like protects them. It's very sticky. It's very persistent. We didn't know why for the longest time. And uh, this year we we figured it out. Um, it's not just mucus, which is, you know, this solution of salts and immune cells and, and water, but also they have this spider silk like threads, like protein fibers in the mucus that help it not just like be very tough and sticky and have like, it can clog up a drain better than any substance like that we normally use for such things like xanthan gum or psyllium husk, but it stays, it just stays there. So like if you wanted to rinse some hagfish slime off your highway, like some people in the state of Oregon in the US had to do about six years ago because mm. a truck full of hagfish overturned on the highway, it would take many, many, many like hosing downs, hosings down, <laughs> I should say, of the highway before you could actually get all the slime off. So um, I relate to this. <laughs> are, you saying you, are you saying you feel like a hagfish now because of your extreme cold? Yes. Yeah. Because I okay. have a lot of upper respiratory slime. Maybe you're just really you're stressed out. <laughs> the videos of the hagfish producing yes. the slime are amazing. I think we yeah. did a story a few years ago about its composition and so much of it is water. So they use the water around them to help produce the slime. And that's why mm -hmm. they can produce so much of it, because they only actually use a small amount of the sort of material they produce themselves. Well, then Incredible. where did they get it from if they were in their truck? I think they were in a, it was like an aqua a tanker truck, you know? What? <laughs> I think this sounds more and more implausible. Immediately I think after this event, we're all going to go find out. We're all going to find out why were those hagfish in a truck? <laughs> this is not a chat gpt story that no never it, it does feel like a simpsons episode you know it's yeah. like oh no so sad that my truck full of hagfish bumped into your truck full of something precious i don't Graphene. know yeah <laughs> all right leah take us away from hagfish slime uh please um my favorite sort of natural world story of this year was 
orcas versus boats. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Tim mentioned earlier, there was a series of orca attacks in the Strait of Gibraltar against largely yachts, fancy yachts. And I just think that the orcas rising up is fabulous and good for them. <laughs> I mean, had they all seen Blackfish? You know, Probably. The movie? They were all angry. And there was some thought that, that the older ones might have been teaching their young how to attack boats. And it, the whole thing was just delightful. Okay, I want us to move on quite quickly as we're running a bit low on time. So, but my Claire... dolphins, Tim. My yeah, dolphins. Claire, go on, give us yours. But so uh... just really quickly, are you, you mean you're going to move off this whole to the next question? No, no, no. I, I, I was hoping we could just move quickly through the rest of this question because I've also got another hilarious joke I want to tell. So let's. Oh move. well, but in that case, maybe I should take up more time. <laughs> okay, just quickly because I really wanted to say after the horrible orcas, lovely, lovely dolphins off the mm. coast of Brazil are helping villagers catch fish which is kind of the opposite of the what the orcas are up to so there's this amazing kind of symbiotic partnership between people who live in a small fishing village on the south of brazil and special dolphins not just any old dolphins but this special kind of school of dolphins and they work together the dolphins help the villagers catch fish and when they do this the dolphins get more fish too so amazing so when i read this i wrote a story about it i couldn't believe it and then this has been known for some time but this year they found out that exactly how they cooperate a bit more and how the benefit that the dolphins get out of it they get more fish but it's such a lovely town and in the, it's in this village they actually form relationships with individual dolphins because they can recognize them by the markings on their fins Okay, I've got another marine mammal story, and I warn you, there is a terrible joke at the end of it. Um, so this story is, this was the headline we ran, which I think just tells you everything, and that's that starfish don't have a body, they're just a big squished head. And I love this discovery. It turns out that starfish had been a bit of a mystery for scientists, as you know, most animals have a very clear head end and a tail end. And there's a sort of line of symmetry in between, but starfish don't have that. We didn't know which bit was the head, which bit was the other end. You know, it was very confusing. So genetic analysis found that, well, starfish are effectively all head. And as one researcher told us, a starfish is essentially a head walking about the seafloor on its lips. So to celebrate this finding, I wrote I wrote a joke, which I would like to share with you in this uh, time. Do we have a choice? You've got no choice, I'm afraid. Tim's jokes are only bad when I write them for him. Hey, look, when I slacked this one to Christy, I heard her cackle the other end of the office. So maybe there's some merit in this one. Why did the starfish win the race? Because it was just a head. Uh... <laughs> okay. So okay, you couldn't not... have written that before we had this news no, story. It's, it's it's very, very topical. This is satire. 2023 humor at its best. I'm grateful. All right, Sam, <laughs> finish us off this round. <laughs> okay. Story from Mother Nature. Yeah, I, so I've got a heartwarming story of uh, animals showing resilience and ingenuity when uh, confronted by the violence and cruelty of humans. So lots of buildings now, they have these spikes on them to deter birds from perching or nesting on them. But mm. um, crows and magpies in some places in Europe have been seen, been seen building their nests out of these spikes. And there's there's one. So I think this was the one in a, a tree near um, a hospital in Antwerp in Belgium. A magpie made this nest with about 1500 metal spikes in it. And uh, these birds, they sometimes build defensive domes over their nests as well. And the researchers also found magpie nests with 
domes containing barbed wire and knitting needles. So um, yeah, incredibly resourceful. Go birds. <laughs> yeah, that looks absolutely amazing. To celebrate us coming to the end of the year, we have decided to make five of our best features over the last year free for you to read online. They include what's behind the recent explosion of ADHD diagnoses, whether the entire universe is a single quantum object, and how new discoveries are rewriting human history. They're all free until the end of the week, and you can find the links to all of those, including the two I didn't mention, in the show notes. Plus, we've got a new year coming, and that means we've got something new for you in the New Scientist podcast feed. We're re-airing a lovely series that we ran a few years ago, all about escaping our real-life stressors, I don't know what that would have been about in 2020, into some lovely, exciting science facts. Appropriately, we called this The Escape Pod, and episode one is all about the theme of understanding. So we dove into the self-awareness of dolphins and whales, tried to conceptualize the impossible abilities of gymnasts and ballerinas, and much more. Dolphins give each other some sorts of names, don't they? Yeah, they, they have signature whistles that are distinct to particular dolphins. So they might go... <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I don't know you spoke dolphin. Well, that's a, yeah, that was dolphin. That's coming on Tuesday. Happy New Year. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. All right, I wanted to give us plenty of time to discuss our finale question, which is the biggest story from science and technology of the year. I don't think we should get too competitive, but I do want to know your justification for claiming it's the biggest story <laughs> of the year when you answer. So, Claire, why don't you kick us off? For you, what was the biggest science and technology story this okay. year? I've chosen what I think is the biggest story in medicine, and it is the end of the global health emergency phase of the pandemic. So I know many people don't even want to think about COVID-19 anymore. But, you know, when you think about how it's affected our lives for the past few years, to me, that is really significant. Claire, can um, I interrupt? Because I, I want to yeah. know why, when we say it's over, my brother has just had COVID. Mm -hmm. I've been taking COVID tests like every day as I deal with like a series of colds, uh, worried that I might have COVID again. Like emotionally, it doesn't feel over. So so why is this your big story? So fair enough. I mean, I actually didn't say COVID is over. I know there is a lot of debate about that online. Um, and of course, you're absolutely right. COVID isn't over. But when you think about the toll of death and destruction that was wreaked on the world, in 2020, 20, you know, starting in 2019 in China, and then quickly everywhere else, 2020, 2021, 
compare that to this year, it's a different story. If you look on, you know, that fabulous website, Our World in Data, and you just look up global deaths or global hospitalizations, the number of deaths and hospitalizations that has been causing this year compared with previous years is much, much reduced. So while I absolutely want to acknowledge that, you know, some people also are still dealing with illness from the from previous infections, and some people are still getting badly ill with it. For most people, we are in a different phase now. And for me, that is the biggest health story of the year. Yeah, feels like a big one. And I'm enjoying uh, Christie's competitive interrupting. Why is this the biggest health story? Um, <laughs> not over. This is, this is the festive spirit. I'm hoping that we generate this round. I am always here to ask questions. Sam, why don't? What was your biggest story this year? So mine is uh, maybe a bit of a downer, but um, surely the biggest story of the year is uh, the climate emergency. It's not mm. official yet, but this year is almost certainly the hottest on record, and we've had some pretty extreme weather all over the world. There were the huge wildfires in Canada in the summer that blanketed uh, millions of people in smoke. South America had a heat wave in the middle of winter. Antarctica sea ice cover has been uh, at a record low. In September, the global average temperature was 1.8 degrees above pre-industrial levels, which is just astonishing. And partly this is down to the El Nino pattern that began this year. But of course, the main driver is greenhouse gases. And uh, carbon emissions are still rising. They've continued to rise this year. So despite all the talk about net zero and the 1.5C goal, it's kind of incredible that carbon emissions are, are still increasing. So all of that is quite depressing. But there are some grounds for optimism as well. So renewable energy and electric vehicles have been growing faster than anyone expected. And the Inter International Energy Agency says that means that the 1.5 goal is still just about possible. Some analysts think that the um, emissions from fossil fuels will start to decline next year as the shift to clean energy continues. So maybe 2023 was the year that fossil fuel demand peaks. So yeah, there's some, some optimistic uh, notes there. And I'm hopeful that for the UK next year, we might elect a government that takes climate change a bit more seriously. And I'm totally confident that our colleagues on the other side of the pond are not going to repeat any terrible mistakes. <laughs> Um, so, you know, you won't do that, will you? I hope that's not going to happen. That. Um, <laughs> Leia, what what do you think is the biggest story? <clears throat> well, I uh, you know stuck to my own beat. So in <laughs> physics and space, for me, uh, I mentioned earlier the James Webb Space Telescope, also known as JWST or Jelly Welly Space Telly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which is of course short for Telescope Welliscope Space Telescope. <laughs> <laughs> How many have you got of these? Can you do a whole twenty-minute set? I bet I could. I, I type five at least. Um, but uh, it has taken a lot of images of the very early universe, mm. and what we found is that the very early universe seems to be way more evolved than we expected. These galaxies are way more massive than we expected. They've got more structure. We found ones that look like the Milky Way super early after the Big Bang. And we knew that some things formed faster than expected. We knew, for example, that supermassive black holes, we don't know how they got so big so fast. Mm. We're pushing the limit on that too. And so it seems like whatever happened in the early universe is still a really big mystery, which is a little bit surprising because our simulations of that rely mostly on fairly basic physics. So there's something going on there that we really don't understand. And, you know, I love a big mystery. Christy, what was your biggest story this year? 
Well, it was tough because I had, I, I initially had a, a front runner that was, we extracted the RNA from an extinct animal for the first time ever, which is a big deal. And that's the Tasmanian tiger or thylacine. But uh, just in the last couple of weeks, we've gotten some really cool news about using CRISPR for its first ever approved treatment for something, which CRISPR, uh, as we I mean, Claire's going to correct me on the fine points, but CRISPR is a gene editing technology. You know, we first started um, learning about it. it. It was first described, you know, 13 years ago, and people have talked about using it for all kinds of things, some with ethical, ethically questionable applications. But we now have a CRISPR, an approved CRISPR treatment for sickle cell anemia. So this is a condition where your red blood cells, they sort of form in the wrong shape, this sickle twisted up shape. Um, and then they clog your blood vessels and cause a lot of pain, fatigue. Um, it can be worse than that. And now scientists are, we have approval in the UK and the US for treatment that basically edits your genes for red blood cells so that they are the correct shape. And in the past, the only real treatment has been bone marrow transplants from a family member. Um, mm. And this is something where you could receive an infusion once and maybe be pain-free for the rest of your life. We don't know for sure yet. It has worked for a year in the people who have received it. It is also still very expensive. So access is not necessarily, <laughs> there's not necessarily a lot of easy access to such a treatment, but it's really cool that, you know, a decade ago, we were talking about the possibilities of this gene editing technology. And now we are actually seeing something that could make people's lives better. Um, yeah, that's why and this is just favorite. the beginning, right? There's like, yeah. there's better versions of CRISPR already in the works. Mm. There are so many conditions this could be really useful for. Yeah. It's such a landmark moment. So the, the one I was going to put forward, I was originally thinking, you know, as a former tech reporter and editor that I had to say something about large language models and chat GPT, you know, it's been another amazing year for AI. And that moment when Sam Altman got fired from OpenAI, it felt mm -hmm. like that's all anyone was talking about. But chat GPT came out last year. So I thought maybe I don't have to do that. I'm going to pick a different one instead. And my story for the year was LK99, the superconductor that could and then couldn't. And that's the one I'm putting down. And this was such a whirlwind of a story. And I really want to shout out to our physics reporter, Carmela Padovich Callahan, who was really at the forefront of reporting this. So it really felt like we were in the eye of the storm as it was happening. As you might remember, in July, there were these two manuscripts that briefly set the internet on fire that got put on a paper server. And they said that there was this new material called LK99, and it could conduct electricity perfectly under normal conditions, meaning it was a superconductor. And if that actually existed, it could be transformational for everything that uses electricity, which is obviously a lot of things. So the internet was suddenly like, oh my God, this is amazing. And there was some modeling done quickly that hinted that maybe it could be true. And it was very hard to dismiss quite quickly. And so researchers raced around the world to try to reproduce it. And it felt like there hadn't been such a real concerted, fast-paced scientific focus on a single thing since maybe the pandemic. And so for a very brief period, it felt like the world's attention was on what I was calling the plucky metallic puck, LK99, because <laughs> I was sort of rooting for it. It looks like a little hockey puck. And, you know, eventually the replication attempts did fail. And it now seems almost certain that it was not, in fact, a superconductor. But for me, it was a really big story. And it just felt like such an exciting few weeks where the material science world of researchers kicked into action to see whether it was really a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I there really... was actually two of those this year, right? There was LK99 and the red matter superconductor. Yes. 
also now retracted, but I think the first one was from a team that had had some of their work published and retracted before, so people didn't go as well. Yeah. And no one suggested that that one could be made in your kitchen. Yeah, so, that was another exciting part of it that like people started trying to make, replicate, replicate this in their kitchens, and there were live streams of people slowly whipping up this concoction. Does it really deserve the title of biggest story? <laughs> it's, you know, ultimately, it didn't work. Yeah, maybe it's you're a, it's not all stories have happy endings, Claire. Also, like, I, I really do love that, like, so many people were so excited about this that they were actually, like, try, again, trying this in their kitchens mm -hmm. and, like, it became a TikTok thing for a while. Like, that feels like it was good for science at the very least. Or, like, yeah, some and also, make, you know, I, okay, I take it back because it was, in a way, you know, a triumph of science because science is not a collection of known facts, right? It's a process and the process worked and we knowledge was still advanced. So it's good that it, a claim was made and it was disproven. Very good point. I'll take that as a win. <laughs> <laughs> but put in the comments, you know, which was your biggest story of the year and if you disagree or agree with any of the ones that we put forward. That's it. That's our hour. And what a Aww. bumper year it has been for science and technology. Thank you very much, Claire Wilson, Sam Wong, Lair Crane and Christy Taylor for helping round up the headlines of the year. Thanks for joining us. And I hope everyone has a real fantastic, festive few weeks. Bye. This podcast is produced by OG Podcasts. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk.